Welcome to the Wicked Ones Podcast. This is Jen. And this is Tara. And what are you up to this week? Not a whole lot. I think from here on out, when you ask me what I'm up to, it's going to be baseball, more baseball, and probably packing up the house. Yeah. That is my life right now. You pretty much have all of your boxes filled right now. (laughs) Well, no, you need to fill the boxes to to move, but you you don't have a lot of extra time. Well, hopefully it gets warmer out. Every time it's cold and windy, I'm like, oh, poor Tara. That sucks. And then I thank God that my kids don't have an outdoor interest. That's (laughs) so sad. Well, it's like the days that we don't have baseball, it's like 75. And then when we're at the field, I'm wearing like five layers of winter coat and have a blanket and I'm still cold. Yeah. No, I remember those days. So as much as I miss it, I don't miss sitting in the elements. Yeah, I know. I am excited tonight, though. We're coaching Mother's Day weekend and the guys are like... You, would you moms like to coach? And I mean, most of us played, so we were like, yeah. So we got our cute little coach shirts ordered, and now it's freezing. So I'm going to be wearing a jacket over it. Yeah. <laughs> but, sorry, you'll have an extra t-shirt. But I'm excited. Too. I think That's it'll fun. be fun. Yeah. I would not want anything to do with that, but I will oh, cheer you on. I can, I'm like, put me at first base. Put me at third. I'll talk to the kids in the outfield. I'll catch the, the pitchers, whatever you need from me. I'm I'm there. I'm I'm all about it. I'm really excited for tonight. Good. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a story for me? I do. I do. Um, in keeping with the theme of athletes, I have a story for you today, but it instead of being the perpetrator, mine is actually the victim. So I have a feeling that you are going to have a lot to say about this story and some of the things that happen in it, because I know I was very pissed. So I, I wonder if I know the story today. So I wonder if you do. I am going to talk about the murder of college track and field star Lauren McCluskey, who was recruited by the University of Utah. Have you heard this one? I'm, I've heard of it, but I don't know okay. anything about it, I don't think. Yeah. So, I mean, now I know I know that we support the police. We we do. But And we've, we've also talked about how, like, the boys club needs to go, and there are definitely areas in which departments can improve. There are some damn fine officers out there, some that we've talked about in past stories, but unfortunately, the story that I have for you today can't help but call into question the way that things were handled for Lauren in her case. Um, She had repeated requests for help from both campus and local police, and they basically fell on deaf ears, and there was no action. Uh, Yeah, I think I know. So you may remember this one, but I mean, I'm not, there's no way you can make a blanket, a blanket statement on law enforcement based on one case, but this story really touched a nerve. And I think for a lot of people. I think that's for everything. Even when people, even with work, people are like, oh yeah, I don't go to that hospital. And I'm like, well, because you had one bad experience with one nurse doesn't mean that the 1200 other people that work there aren't. Quality. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just anything, yeah. even, you know. But I just think or... everything's so extreme these days. Like, it you is. hear about one thing and it's, oh, defund the police. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's, no. Take them down anytime but... someone makes a mistake. Right. I get so, it. you know, so you just have to keep that in mind. But um, I just hope that the fallout from this case, if anything, will help campuses across the country, not just Utah, improve how they handle, you know, reports of domestic violence and stalking and I know not every death can be prevented, but as I tell the story, I think you'll agree that this is one that could have been avoided. I've never heard a story about campus police and felt good at the end. No. I'm going to be honest. I, know. I don't know anything about how they're trained or selected or, or hired. I don't know anything about that, but I've, I've never been, I would not go to school thinking my child was going to be protected by by campus, campus police. Yeah, no. Well, and the sad thing is, it sounds like when you go to local police in some of these areas, they, they refer tell you, you back. To campus police, yes, Correct. exactly. They're like, oh no, you're a student. This And this happened on university property, so we can't yes. help yes. you there. So let's get into it. According to Dateline feature, she did everything right. Lauren McCluskey was a parent's dream. She was such a bright light from everything that I read. She was a little shy, but she was... She studied hard. She had a 3.77 GPA, and she was set to graduate in May of 2019 with a degree in communication, which is what I went to school for. She was devoted to her team and to her sport, and she was a star athlete, and she loved what she did. She had been, she had been like a little athlete since she was really little, climbing trees and, you know, running around and just, you know, you know those kids. Yeah, that are just, very active. Yeah. In high school, she was the Washington State champ in the high jump, and she ranked 10th in the heptathlon at the USATF 
which is probably the USA track and field outdoor junior championships. I feel like I should probably not just throw letters at you. (laughs) (laughs) So she had several colleges knocking on her door. I mean, she kind of could have gone pretty much anywhere. I mean, everybody went under. Uh, Even away at college, she attended church and she loved to sing. So she would encourage her friends to come with her and join her and join her to sing. I had those friends because I... You know, I remember I was really shy about going to a new place and a new church and, and, and all of those things. And I really appreciated when I had some friends that were, come on, just come with me to service. And then I wouldn't sing because no. I can't sing. No. But I... I still don't sing in church now. But it just, I don't know, it just You heard good. my church story. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me. Remember my friend invited me to church? And she thought the whole family was coming. And then, yes. like, my dad, like, pulled up and, like, dropped me off. And her family was standing outside a church. And it was only me. And they were very yeah. confused. You were, like, like, the bonus child. Your, yeah, they're, like, where's your family? And I'm, like, what? No, it's just me. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> my dad, like, Here pulls away. Right. They were so confused. <laughs> I can still picture her dad's face. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, oh, come on. oh yeah come on okay. all right well let's let's go in then uh, but that's awesome that you wanted to go to church and you were like you always got yourself everywhere you wanted I to be did. i don't know you... how it's just funny all the stories yeah. that go along with it <laughs> but i mean i commend you you could have you could have easily just been like screw it i can't get there i can't get to soccer practice i can't get here you could have just been like mm, i'm done i'll yeah. just see where life takes me but you just like said no i'm taking myself here and it's amazing. We should do another podcast just on your life. No. Well, and like, and like kids, that's why we have a problem. Cause like, you just take your ass to the couch. Like you need to do something with yourself yeah. without me having to cattle rod you. Yes, exactly. I, I don't know how I'm, They're I'm not definitely, motivated. no, I'm definitely that parent now that's like, Oh, back in my day. And I'm like, Oh Jesus, here yeah. I go. But for real, I need, I need to remind them, you know, mm-hmm. just you ungrateful children. So back to the story, though, Lauren also had a love for animals, and she volunteered at the Whitman County Humane Society in Pullman, Washington, where she socialized with cats so they would be more adoptable, which is really cool. I mean, come on, that's a really cool job. Our kids would love that. They'd be all about that. Oh my gosh, Julia would be. Yeah, she'd be there every day. Yeah. Um, Their family also had two sweet little kitties when she was growing up, Fuzzy and Victory, and I love that name, Victory. That's a cool name for any animal. So early in September 2018, Lauren went with a friend out to a bar to listen to music, dance, just have a good time. We remember. I mean, we all did it. Not saying college kids don't get into bars illegally and drink all the time, but Lauren was 21 at the time that she went with her friend. She didn't really date. She didn't really, I mean, she was, like I said, she was just a really good kid. She just kind of kept to herself. She did her studies, her athletics, her practice. Um, you know, she just kind of, she, we all know those kids. Yeah, we all, she just kept her nose down and did her work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but for some reason, when she was at the bar, uh, the bouncer caught her attention. He said his name was Sean Fields. He was friendly. He was really nice to the girls, keeping an eye on them during the night. And she decided. Oh, a pretending bit of, to be the protector. Oh, right. I'm hot already. Right. The protect, <laughs> the manipulator. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit out of character for her, but she gave him. She gave him her number on on their way out. Shortly after they started dating, Sean started hanging out at her dorm often, getting to know her friends, kind of making himself comfortable there. Sounds like he was there all the time. What year is this? I don't think I got that. 2018. So it just happened. Later on, friends started noticing his possessive behavior towards her, and he would always want to know, you know, who she was with, Mm -hmm. what she was doing. He would expect her to call or text back immediately. I mean, immediately. You drop what you're doing, and you call me back. So, you know, definitely odd behavior and huge red flags to us. But Lauren just seemed to overlook those things. Well, for someone who hasn't been in a relationship before, Mm -hmm. and they feel special and and loved and cared for, and maybe she didn't have, and I'm speaking way out of turn but if someone doesn't have a lot of close relationships and suddenly even friends yeah sometimes that yeah I mean I could see where you would just be like well maybe this is sort of normal for dating or maybe this is I don't know she she just or maybe once you trust me things. or you know it won't be this way yeah. you could justify it right 10 times to Tuesday right you never know what goes mm-hmm. through anyone's mind but 
friends were really worried about her. I mean, enough about her appearance and her actions after she started dating this guy that, you know, they were scared of this man. He had this control over her and the fact that he'd been talking about guns a lot. He kept telling her, like, I think you need a gun to protect yourself. How old is he? We'll get into that. Okay. Oh, this is the one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he tells her that he was older. He was, like, in his late 20s. Right. Okay. So. So she. And. (sighs) What a predator. Yeah. It's. All of it just. It's so bad. Makes me bubble up inside. I'm remembering it's in bits of this now. Are you? Yeah. That happens a lot with our stories where I'll just be like, oh, I know this. All of a sudden. Right in the middle. You hear it. Yeah. And you're like, now I remember. But you don't know all the other details. So it's still good. No. So, I mean, even when they were dating, like I said, he kept telling her, you know, you need need to look into getting a gun. So he had even taken her shooting with his friends and he, you know, and just encouraged her to get to know guns and maybe possibly get one for her protection, which is really strange. I'm pretty sure you can't have a gun in the dorms, which is why... You know, Lauren's friends were reporting this. Like, hey, this guy's hanging around. He's talking about guns. But apparently there was, like, no... There was no proof. There was... It was hearsay. The dorms can't do anything. We just had this conversation before we started recording. Yes. Like, you should say something, but... I'm saying something about nothing that I can prove. But I'm saying it anyway. Yeah. It's a red flag. I know you can't write this down. Where do you document it that I'm in here telling you this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it just... It just went to the wayside. But Lauren had a wake-up call on October 9th, and this is kind of where I'm getting into more of a timeline for you, okay? So I I do have a great um, detailed timeline, so I'm going to try to keep to that just to kind of, like, let you know how everything progressed. No one loves a timeline more than me. I knew you would appreciate that. You know me. I'm like, at this time. Yes, and I do have that later in the story. So October 9th, it's October 9th, and she would learn that Sean Fields was not who he said he was. His real name was Melvin Rowland, and he was not in his late 20s, but he was, in fact, 37 years old and was a registered sex offender. Mm -hmm. So here you find out that you are dating the scariest man possible all of a sudden. Like this sweet, innocent girl that just, yeah. He found her. He was good at hunting. He was very good at hunting. And she just, she didn't know any better. She didn't know any better. And when you see his picture, and I'll show it to you later. And that's how he got her, because she didn't know any better, and he knew she didn't. I know. I know. It's all kinds of disgusting. So when she confronts him, he denies the age gap, but he did admit to being a sex offender. Oh, he made up some bullshit story. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, well, I had to confess because, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he ended up staying at her dorm that night and borrowed her car. And I'm air quote quoting that because I'm sure she was like, sure, you can take my car. I'm sure she felt like she didn't have any say in it whatsoever. I mean, take my car, maybe just get on here and leave. Because from other reports, I mean, it said that she was trying to break things off with him and he would just force himself upon her. So, but he was a lot bigger than she was. How did she get in the dorm? He, like I said, he started hanging out there in the beginning. He started making friends with everybody around the dorm. So it was probably like, hey, Jerry, it's me. Let me in. You know what I mean? He'd be like, ah, hey. And then he goes to his room and he doesn't even know where he's going. All the things we need to talk to the children about. All the things. But you can see, right? Like, oh, Oh, yeah. totally. It's Jerry from the fourth floor. I gave you pizza the other night. Oh, What's up, man? You know. We have patients, visitors that try to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet. I mean, you like, just no. never know. You're like, no, no, this is why we have, like... We have to check your ID. Oh, no, I was just here yesterday. You know me. And I'm like, no, I do, but there's a protocol for a reason, and yeah. we're going to sit down and do this. 100%. And it, there should be, hope again, better dorm security. There should be more things in place for things like this, too. If you're not a student and you don't have a student ID, you shouldn't be getting into the dorms. Well, and that's why you shouldn't, you can't have people hanging out in the dorms. I know there's, in some colleges, there's strict rules about mm-hmm. who you can have in and hanging out with you. And you can't have your boyfriend sleeping yeah. over and all of these things for a good reason. When you're that age, you think it's dumb. When you're an old mom like me, you're like, you think it's amazing. God. <laughs> I know. We did not, our, our dorm was very lax, I will say. And our, yeah. I, I think at that time it was. Yeah. Most. So... The next day, Lauren's mom, Chill, called and asked that campus security please provide an escort for Lauren to get her car back. He had dropped it off at a nearby stadium parking lot, the the football stadium. Security did end up giving her that escort, and she was safely 
she was able to safely pick it up. So that was, that was one instance where, you know, they did their job. They did their job. But she was right to have, you know, to worry and have security with her because that was probably the first time this guy was trying to lure her out of her dorm room. Okay. He wanted to get her alone. And I want to note here that it wasn't until a review happened after her death that a disconnect was found between security and campus police. So apparently they didn't use the same record management system. So university police said that they didn't even know this was reported and that Lauren's mom had called in and expressed her concern about her safety. And today now they use a single system, but like reports were just going off into, Mm -hmm. you know, the cloud, cyberspace, and nobody knew what was going on. So two days later on the 12th, Lauren called campus police to report ad text messages coming in. She was sure that they were from Roland or friends of his. And they were saying things like Roland was dead and it's her fault or that she should take her own life. I mean, they were just really awful, threatening Mm -hmm. texts. Social media, however, confirmed that this was not true. And she saw that he had been on recently and he'd been posting. And I'm going to point out here what may not be obvious to some people listening in, but handling guns and having a social media account are both parole violations. So keep that in mind, okay? The next morning, Lauren once again contacted university police to report that she received new messages extorting her for money. They demanded that she send $1,000 to an account in exchange for not posting compromising photos of her and Roland, which she did in order to maintain her privacy. She's like, what does he have? What, you know, can't let this get out. I'll probably lose my scholarship. You know, things like that. I'm sure she was terrified. She didn't know what to do. And I'm not sure about the photos or what they were, what they were taken. I, I couldn't really find anything more about that. I think that's kind of either here nor there, but. Well, I mean, he could have set up his phone to record yeah, them having sex exactly anywhere in the room so like i mean he yeah. could have got compromising photos with that. Yeah. i don't i don't know anything more about that i figured that would be a question that would come up and i just i don't know i'm going to tell say. every young person out there not mm-hmm. to do that because it's a terrible idea stop <sighs> sending the naked selfies like just don't do that because there's a cloud yeah it's, it's going to a million places. Yeah. You are never going to get it back. No. You're done. Yeah. So, yeah. But So try trying to keep with somewhat of a timeline here, like I said. She had reported the extortion on the 13th. Campus police didn't start investigating until the 19th. That's a huge gap there. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess they might have But I'm sure they're probably cases. like you. Well, I could see this happening. They're like, okay, you got the messages, you paid them, and they're leaving you alone. So, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's done now. Yeah. I'm sure. Right. No, you're probably spot on with that. But then she was contacted, you know, for more information on the 19th. And she maintained contact with Officer Miguel Darris by phone and then in person and also by text over the next few days. And eventually... She called the Salt Lake City Police as well, but they, like I told you, they just referred her back to campus security. They're like, oh, it's their jurisdiction, you know? Um, it kind of sounds like not my problem, right? But I mean, maybe I think there's it's a legality just... issue. I don't think that, I don't think that police can just come in and start storming. I mean, I guess That's why not. they have their own But when you call and security. say, I've reported this and nothing is happening, there should be something for that. You know, I mean, there should be some kind of a, okay, well, if they're not doing their job, then we need to step in. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of feel like that needed to happen, but maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I, got I agree. Speculation. I don't know. Either way, it just, it really sucks that she was trying to find an adult that could help her that was, I mean, we always say, you know, if you're in trouble, go to a police officer. They're going to help you. And I'm sure that's how she felt. And she's hoping to find someone who's going to do that. And she's, nobody's listening to her. That's so frustrating. But wait, what did she want them to do? She just wanted them to look into this man and find out that he was basically violating parole and they could put him in jail, but nobody was doing their job. You'll see, because I'm going to say that in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know what... I mean, I guess you could get him on extortion. You know what I mean? Like, I guess as a... I would be like, okay, well, you paid the guy in this, and I don't know what... I don't know what the next step would be. Like, do you go to his house? 
She doesn't know who's like you need a tech person to find out where the number's coming from. Mm-hmm. Like she's just speculating as this guy. Do you, are you following me? I'm following you. I'm just trying to think out loud. Like yeah. if I had someone, obviously I don't have any police training, so I don't know well, what the next step would be. So I, I guess I should say to you that Chief Brophy there at the university said they took the report, they even pulled Roland's history, but they didn't learn at the time that he was on parole. So why not? Like, where was the disconnect there? You know what I'm saying? Like, you pulled this guy, you pulled this history, but you didn't see that he was on parole. Is that not noted? So you just knew he was a sex offender and you didn't know. But you didn't, like, I don't I don't understand that. But they just assigned someone to follow up with her later on the sexual extortion. So there was another review team, like I said, you know, after the fact, after, you know, it was too late that would actually find here that there was never any attempt to check his offender status. And what's crazier, there are no policies or procedures that even require that they check. Doesn't that seem crazy to you? What do you that think? campus specifically or just in general? Like so a, that I don't know. Okay. But it just said that there was no policy or procedure in place for them to, to do so, to double check that. Because, I mean, if they had, they would have known, okay, well, he's involved in a crime. He has a social media account. He went shooting with a gun. Those are three things that are right there. You could be... Does he, she have you proof that they went shooting with a gun? Well, there's proof that he has a social media account. And there's this extortion now, right? And you have to prove that he did it. I guess I'm just no. I know what you're saying. Was trying to prove it. Yeah. So yeah. Here you go in a circle. So during the contact that Lauren had with Officer Darris about the case, she entrusted him with explicit photos for the investigation. Oh God. Yes. Review teams later find that Officer Darris showed off these photos to fellow officers who were not involved in the case to brag that he had them. So not only is he not even helping her and like trying to figure out what's going on, but he's saying. It's really nice that I can look at these whenever I want because she's cute. Yeah, I know. You don't. You can't even speak right now. I just because I know what campus security looks like, mm-hmm. and it makes me sad. Yeah. The claims against Roland were not made aware to his parole officer, who met with him that same week. As I imagine, there are several check-ins when you're on parole. So if he had been aware, he could have been tossed back into jail for violating parole. I mean, even for simply, like I said, the social media account alone could put it, could have put him back in jail. Well, and I'm very curious, and this I probably should wait for the end, but I can't, is that his friends were obviously very scary people because she hung out with them, went shooting with them, calling him the wrong name. Because she didn't find out who he was. No, she until didn't. after that, right? So I don't know. I mean, I don't. Dude, do yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And it could have been like one friend, or he, they set them. I mean, who knows what the situation was? But yeah, but you know what I'm saying. I do know what one you're saying. The scary one. Other people go along with. Yeah. Someone's crazy. Yeah. Or he's like, oh, it's just a nickname. I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. I don't know. So over the weekend, Lauren sends three screenshots that she found online herself, proving that Roland had a criminal history. She basically did the police work for them at this point. All they needed to do was follow up and bring him in. They just needed to go, okay, this guy needs to go back to jail. Let's follow up. Let's find him. On October 22nd, Lauren contacted Officer Darris again. She was scared. She reported that she was getting more texts from unknown numbers, claiming to be the deputy and asking her to come to the police station. So obviously this was not from the police station. It was not from anyone who worked there. I mean, she's trying to double check, but it's just basically another attempt to lure her out of her dorm. Um, but Darius never reported this call to his supervisors. So he probably talked her off the ledge and said, all right, just stay where you are. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm not justifying anyone's actions. I'm just saying I can see it yeah. happening. Yeah. Does that make sense? I read about this present day, and obviously this didn't happen that long ago, about people getting threatening texts and going to the police, and the police are like, I can't do anything. I don't know where the texts are coming from. I don't know who's sending the text, even if I track the number, and it belongs to... Well, and a lot of times, you're right, you have to get... Um, Jack Smith, like, Jack Smith could say he had his phone stolen, and... It, yeah, I know. That whole... It's just, it's very, I don't know. I don't have a resolution, yeah. but I... It's very vague. I guess just, like, the whole the whole of this story 
Well, she was getting harassed and no one even... Is that... It's just... Did anyone ever talk to him? Mm -mm. No. No. So here, here we go. We'll get into this because I know we're going to discuss more of our thoughts on the whole thing in in just a minute. But I, I have a lot more to say. But later that evening, around 8.20 p.m., Lauren was on a call with her mom, Jill, after her night class let out. Okay, so she, I mean, she's not going to just, like, hole up in her dorm. She she's went to class. class. Yeah. She's on the phone with her mom, and all of a sudden, her mom hears her scream, no, 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 and the line goes dead. Mm, so her mom's freaking out. She's, I know, me too. She's thinking that maybe there had been a car accident. So at 8.23, Lauren's father, Matt, calls campus police to report with to report what had happened, asking them to respond immediately. But unfortunately, it would be too late. Roland had rushed Lauren, causing her to drop her bag and her cell phone. So they're just laying there on the ground. He drags her to the parking lot, forces her into the back of whatever vehicle he drove there. Once she was inside, he shoots her multiple times. And she's, she doesn't have a Not chance. Even. Yeah. Not even a chance. By 8.32, police made it to the parking lot and found all of her things scattered on the ground. And so then, of course, a search begins. More police are called to help. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They know it's not good. At 8.38, Roland contacts a woman that he met on a dating app. He's like, hey, I'm at this campus. Come pick me up and we'll go out to dinner. So he, they go to dinner. They drive around for a little bit. And eventually, he ends up at her house downtown where he showers. And then he says, hey, can you drop me off at this coffee shop nearby? So she does. Well, not long after that, she sees him on the news. She sees that there's a manhunt. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to find this guy. So she calls the police to report his last known whereabouts, basically. It wasn't until 9.55 when the police were searching the parking lot that they found Lauren's body in the backseat of a car. Campus security immediately issued a secure-in-place alert that there had been an on-campus shooting. And then around midnight on October 23rd, an alert identifying the shooting suspect came in. Just 45 minutes later, Salt Lake City Police found Roland and chased him into Trinity AME Church on Martin Luther King Boulevard, where Roland shot himself before he could be taken into custody. In hindsight, it's easy for us, especially as I recount the timeline here, to see the many instances where her murder could have been prevented. I know what you're saying. I I understand what you're saying, too, in that you have to be able to prove these things and, and there has to be... You know, but Jill McCluskey said, Jill being Lauren's mom, and I quote, the officers never checked Lauren's killer's offender status. After the police took her statement, they could have easily found out that Roland was on parole and put him in jail right then. I just wish a responsible adult would have listened and believed. Roland was on parole and could have been taken into custody. Further review of his status would later show that Roland had attempted the sexual assault of a teen girl in 2004. And in 2012, there was a parole hearing where he admitted raping the teen and two other women. And in 2016, he had threatened that if an agent were to come conduct a field visit, he might become violent. Really? Hmm. And this guy's just out on the streets and he's on... If he becomes violent when you go to his house to do a parole checkup like you're supposed to, toss his ass in jail. Yeah. No, there's no reason for him to be out. No. This guy sounds horrifying. Well, and he's a charmer, too. (sighs) Very manipulative. Mm -hmm. Jill also said, and I quote, The U has never admitted that Lauren's death could have been prevented or apologized or taken responsibility for their failures. It's hard for them to change if they don't acknowledge their failures, and that has to happen going forward. End quote. Now we're seeing students demonstrating on campus. They're standing up. They're speaking out louder about their rights for protection. I mean, most of them are saying, we don't feel safe here. Like you said, you don't have much faith in campus security. No. so Not on any campus. Not even at the zoo. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I think Any of that... those hired securities. No, no. They're just... I could take them out. Yeah, unfortunately. It's... Right? Concert security... So I think concert security is probably some of the bigger people I've seen. Yeah. But most of them. I would be curious to see how you do get a job at this campus police. If that's yeah. like a starting point for you to kind of learn to maybe make your way into a bigger police force. I don't know. 
I don't feel like that's always the case. No? No, I don't. I feel like some of them are just doing it as a job Mm because they need something to do. But then some of them take it really, really seriously because that's their authority and they're going to, you know, make sure they get everything done it's I think it could go either way yeah I'm oh I'm sure just just like with anything like you said with healthcare, there's going to be really really great doctors out there and then there's going to be some that just don't care drop the ball yeah so Senator Iwamoto hopefully I'm saying that right Iwamoto was inspired by the activism and responded to uh, this group that was reaching out to them for help so basically they they said they're standing up they're speaking out the students there they reached out to their senator they're like we need some help please help us pass a bill pass a law anything to get something ramped up here so like i said he was inspired by their activism in may of 2019 a bill was signed outlining requirements and responsibilities for campus safety and it requires institutions to assess yearly what's working and what's not so they can constantly improve practices Um, The senator also sponsored another bill which focuses more specifically on communication between law enforcement students, campus police, and other departments. So it's more streamlined. Basically, like what I mentioned with the security in the parking lot versus the university campus police, they didn't even know that Jill's mom had even called in that one time to say she was scared. Lauren's parents also called for action to be taken against the person who provided Roland with a gun. I'm sure he probably stole it or got it off the street or picked it up anywhere. I'm sure he didn't run with the most honest, ethical no, people. he definitely didn't. Definitely not. I no. don't want to jump to conclusions no, here, I, but... I have a feeling you're probably spot on with that one, but yeah. And when they didn't... When they basically didn't feel that the university was doing enough and the investigations weren't going anywhere um, with the officers in the case, because there was an investigation, there was a review... They called for them to take action and provide dis, you know, provide some kind of written or disciplinary action, maybe maybe to even fire them. Um, they wanted something mm-hmm. to come from this. I mean, I'm sure they're angry, they're hurt. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to say, I'm sorry this happened to you, and we're gonna do everything that we can. Mm-hmm. I could see this. You know. In January 2019, Jill and Matt McCluskey, both professors at Washington State University went on Good Morning America to talk about their daughter, and once again, they called for action. It was also at this time that they mentioned they were considering a lawsuit against the university. Uh, in February, Watkins, the president of the university, announced that all, all these changes had been made to ensure campus uh, security and safety. They updated policies, they created new task, force, um, task forces, but she still repeated that no campus officers would be disciplined in this case. In March, however, federal charges were filed against Nathan Vogel for providing Roland with a gun. So that's, he did get a gun from somebody that he knew. He had actually had a friend buy it for him because he didn't believe he could buy one since he was generally discharged from the Army. So one step below honorable discharge, as we have talked about before. We've talked about it, yeah. And apparently you cannot purchase a weapon. I didn't know that. Because you got discharged. You got discharged. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah, we did. I'm not going to. I'm just going to shut up and let you finish. (laughs) Yeah. So he was charged with unlawfully purchasing the weapon. But under state law, they had to prove he knowingly gave the gun to aid in a crime or that he knew that he was providing a gun to a felon, which they couldn't do. So he let. All of these laws suck. I know. They do. (laughs) They They do. They're. It's terrible. So he later pled guilty and was sentenced to three years of supervised release, which is nothing. I mean, he basically didn't even go anywhere. I mean, slap on the wrist. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. No, you're pissed. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell. I can see it in your face. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's... I I think of Dawn in the case that we talked about with West West Webster firefighters Mm -hmm. and how she had provided the gun to the man who, who did all of that and... You know, she don't went to prison for, for a long people. time, and that's what don't should happen. Don't buy weapons yeah. for people. I mean, just don't do it. But if you do do it, there needs to be a big example. Made just don't do you. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's, it's a bad decision. This yeah. is one of those things just put on the do not do list. Yeah. Like examples. If someone's asking you to buy a gun for them, there's a reason. No, they're not. Yeah. I know. And everybody acts like, well, I didn't know what he was going to do with it. I thought that he just needed it for whatever. Yeah, no. He's not a good guy. Mm-mm. I don't know. So we'll get to the settlement in just a minute, but first I want to quickly cover the fallout for the department. Detective Kayla Deloff, who was assigned to Lauren's case, who I didn't talk about much in the case, she wasn't really, she wasn't really, 
it only mentioned her a few times, but she basically got Lauren's emails that proved everything and that she had sent her after her death. She ended up being fired for making similar mistakes on another case when a 17-year-old girl reported being threatened by a male student who had trapped her in his room and threatened to kill her after she escaped. This university just sounds scary to me. I did not have anything like this happening that I knew of when I was in college. I mean, I, I'm sure this stuff happens all the time, but it just sounds like one thing after another that I was reading. Um, but Deloff left work for the weekend without taking action, so she got the boot. So basically, she got this information and was like, eh, it's Friday till Monday. At 3, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, no, that's your job. You mm. have to do something. You have to tell another officer. There's other people working, I'm sure, over the weekend. No, there's no there's no police. Like, no, <laughs> there's no policing on the Saturday weekend. Saturday through Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The chief of police, Brophy, ended up stepping down and retiring, receiving a year's salary of 151000 plus benefits. Qualifying also for his retirement to be paid for this to be paid for by the state due to his 25 years of law enforcement, and the university sent him off with a six thousand dollar retirement party celebration. I was like, whoa! My dad got like a cake and maybe like a couple cards as he grabbed his plants with his box, you know, and like walked out. Six thousand dollars for a retirement party? That sounds insane to me. Or no. That's, yeah, no. Like, that's crazy. Well, I, and just, I have nothing positive to say right now, so I can't no. even talk. I just could go on and on about how angry I am about all of this. I don't know. I mean, and and I have to tell him, I have to look at this, too, as though he may not have even been privy to have the information. In the I was going to say that You heard well. me tell you, right? Like, mm-hmm. things weren't reported. Mm-hmm. Like, people weren't writing things down. Like... I do think it's a shame when people in charge have to take the fall for a department because they have to show new leadership is coming because we're making a change and, you know, that well, happens all the time. There's also that if you're not doing your job because you don't think you don't have to because leadership obviously isn't Correct. making... There's also that. Yeah. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on this one, but I just, like I said, yeah. there were several times where people just okay, I'll scribble that down on a notepad, but didn't enter into the system, mm-hmm. didn't tell anybody. Obviously, their communication was really not great. Um, Officer Darris, who escaped disciplinary action for a really long time, he was the one with the photos, even though it had been corroborated by other officers that he had shared the photos with them. So they're, like, they're always But this is campus this. police. Mm-hmm. So are they campus security or campus police? Because I feel like security and police are different people. This is campus police, so I don't They're know if security is tied to them. It sounds like they are. I mean, okay. he was a chief that retired, and, you know, so, yeah. So I'm going to go campus police. But they do mention campus police and security interchangeably in a lot of sources, so I might have said that back and forth. Um, I'm just wondering what their level of authority is. Yeah, I don't know. Again, Something I mean, it should out. be... It should be decently high if the Salt Lake City police have to say, oh, I'm sorry about your problem, but you have to go to university campus police. Like, they should be able to do something instead of just, oh, we'll take your She's report. making 150 Gs a year. Yeah. That's a lot of money. You better, you be, better doing be doing something. something. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I, I don't know of any other police officers that make that much. That's insane to me. That's I know police officers. Not in my that much. No, but you're in a different area. Yeah, I know. I do know police officers. I don't personally know them, but I do know of those pay scales. But that's not a security officer pay scale. So, I mean, that changes my perspective on everything. Right. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, mall security. Yeah. They're not making that. No. And they're also not going to do a whole lot. That's what I picture campus security as. Yeah, campus security, campus police. I You're, you're right. I guess I need more clarification on that because like I said it was interchangeable in a lot of places Same thing. do you know what I mean like if I yeah. was on campus and I went to the security office yeah. like that's where like the lost and found is and no one is gonna help you there no. for anything or is there like a real police yeah and I didn't put this in my um in my article but they completely revamped so they were tearing down the old police station there and they were building a whole new one I mean we're talking millions mm. for a whole they new they must have the money they must they're throwing Tons of money everywhere. But, yeah, they built a whole new system with, like, a locked um, parking lot security area. They even have a place to store evidence now, like an evidence lock, which I that sounds 
really high tech for a college campus, don't you think? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it must have been kind of a bigger deal than what we're remembering. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm just no, trying to get No, that's a... okay. I think other people, I'm sure, have the same questions, you know, so. Um, so back to Officer Darris. He hadn't had any disciplinary action for a really long time. I mean, they reviewed cases, but they were saying, you know, we can't really do anything. It was more lack of proof, right? Like, they couldn't find any proof on his phone, which course it's been white but I think he it even said in one article that he had a different phone than what he had previously so I mean you know trying to trace trying to trace that and track everything um and it was probably in his email anyway I'm sure which you can pull up on your phone it doesn't have to be in your photos you know so what here nor there um There's so many little details you have to know I know but later he was also written up for making mistakes on another case as well, just like the first officer that I told you. He took a call and married housing on campus to talk to a woman reporting abuse. He not only allowed the abuser to stay in the room during questioning, but he didn't call for backup, which is protocol, and he didn't check if the man was on parole once again, even after the man attempted to contact his parole officer during the interview. Like, excuse me, I'm gonna call my parole officer. All right, buddy, but, like, I'm not going to look into that or do anything about that. What is even going on? Why do we have parolees living in marriaged campus housing? I'm so blown away by all of this. All of it. Don't go here. I shouldn't say that, but it's... (laughs) Yeah, right? Uh, Maybe they do need that really important high-tech police department on campus if you have parolees living in marriage. So they're obviously not doing anything on background checks. There's none of that going on. Excuse me while I call my parole officer. No, I'm just not going to write that down. That's not important. So he resigned from the university after that slap on the wrist and transferred to Logan Police Department in northern Utah. But you got to love those boots on the ground journalists because the Tribune out there kept pushing for the records from the university on the review of the case. When they confirmed that the photos were mishandled, this kicked things back into high gear. So then now, the Logan Police Department is like, all right, we're going to perform our own investigation into what is going on. That's really strange, but admirable that another police station is going to Mm -hmm. look into something that didn't even happen. Yeah, it is. Well, they were saying that... hired police officer. Yeah. They, well, they were saying, too, oh, I'm sure I'm sure it was also high profile, and people were saying, are you going to do something about this or not? Are you going to ignore this? Or are you going to let this go? Like, what are you going to do? And they basically, they did, they did their own investigation, and they ended up letting him go. They fired him because they said that his actions weren't consistent with how they run things in their department, and sorry, buddy, you got to go. Also, at this time, lawmakers proposed a bill to address the officer's handling of sensitive information. So that has to be done differently now. Again, I didn't write all that in there because it was a lot of, like, ran- like random oh, information. Oh, the policies. Are... The policies. It's a lot. But mm-hmm. basically just, you know, if you get something like this, you have to have them downloaded into the wherever, like, the system or wherever they're supposed to go before your shift ends and they have to be cleared from your phone and you're done. Like, you cannot keep evidence with you, which should be a law already. But... It's, we have people, oh man, all right, no, it's all so great. It is. It's crazy. In August 2020, the Utah Department of Public Safety released a report finally confirming Officer Darris had mishandled the photos of Lauren, like I said, the account I mentioned where the other officer said he bragged about getting to look at them whenever he wanted, and then again, the sergeant who was at the crime scene had mentioned I wonder what she looked like. And right there at the scene of her murder, he showed him his downloaded photos. Like, that's just disgusting. This is what she looked You're at her crime scene, for God's sakes. So the three officers at the university were fired for not speaking up earlier, and the Logan Police Department, as I mentioned, fired Darius for despicable actions in handling her private photos. In the end, it wouldn't be until October 22nd, 2020, two years to the day of Lauren's murder, that the university would say for the first time that her murder was preventable and that it could have better protected her, but that they failed her. And Ruth Watkins finally issued a formal apology, and they were awarded $13.5 million in the legal settlement, all of which would go to the Lauren McCluskey Foundation, which 
It looks to be pretty amazing. We'll have to post this in the link. It's really, it's a really cool foundation. The premise is basically that she was just such a bright light that they wanted it to shine on. I mean, she was just a great person. She loved helping other people. So the foundation was created to support charitable work in her name. And they're basically, they're in Utah. They're out there focusing on campus safety, which is funding for research and education programs to keep our daughters safe, is what it says on there. I know, daughters. That's, I'm sure her parents had a say in how that was written, but mm -hmm. I'm sure they mean, I just, you know, in today's, today's day, world. you know world mm -hmm. we have to say daughters and sons and everyone else so i'm, I'm just telling people you people who it identify says. as daughters yes and also for amateur athletics financial assistance for students um that are going into track and field so all the athletes that are looking to do um what lauren did and also animal welfare so building on the success of lauren mccluskey's cat wing support for animal shelters and other programs so that's so cool like I guess where she used to do her volunteering, they have, you know, the Lauren McCluskey cat wing. And along with, with that being in her name, the university also created a new center for violence prevention that would also bear her name. And they were also building an indoor track to be named after her and used by the track and field team. That. I'm glad she's being remembered in a positive yeah. way. I know. Me too. It's such a, it's scary. It's a scary story for any parent out there that is sending their kid to college or... I just feel... Oh, I mean, that could happen anywhere. That mm -hmm. could happen... I mean, I don't want to say here, but... It, he was a bad person at doing bad things, but they were very vague. Like, he never showed up anywhere. He wasn't in person yeah. threatening her. Do you know what I mean? Where... I do. I know. I know it was all, mean. like, this cyber yeah. stuff. And that I feel... I'm glad that they are finding a better way to handle it. Cause... Me too, because as we know, and I, I get what you're saying with the gray, and, you know, there were times during the story that I wanted to stop and go off on, like, my own little rants, but we talk a lot about how people are getting restraining orders, and they're they're going to the police for help in this matter or that matter, and there, there's nothing, it doesn't seem like there's a no, whole lot No, it doesn't do anything anyways. Do, mm -hmm. Which is just sad and awful and I wish there was a better answer babysit that person right I mean in this case yes they could have said this guy's violating parole let's take his ass to jail and lock him up and then he would okay so I don't know the legal the legal system but mm -hmm. I have a true crime bit <laughs> I don't know the legal system so I'm trying to understand this so yeah if they would have found him whatever there's yeah. no proof that he sent these messages there's no proof that he got the money. Right, with the like, sexual extortion. Yeah. So I don't know who she gave the money to. Does she know who she gave the money to him? What she I'm, had to send it to some random account. So, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, you don't that. know how right. you prove any of those things or where the numbers are coming from. or So let's say they stumble upon him or whatever, and he has a social media account. That's really all they could prove on him, right? Because unless I'm he had thinking, a gun on him. Right. But do you have the... You can't just be like, hey, I'm... You have a social media account. You're going back to the slammer because you have no well, reason to talk to him. So, like, that's like the people who get like pulled over for one thing, but they never really should have been pulled over. So they get off of what whatever was in the car because they weren't pulled over with probable cause. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that all works. You're Do you right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, you can't just be like, you got a social media account. Right. You're going in the slammer. You're like, well, I'm not bothering you. have no reason to talk to me. You have no reason to look into me. But I think there were other things, too. Like, I don't even think he was allowed to be on campus. I mean, I'm sure there's other things I'm missing for parole violation. There's a lot of things you can't do. You know, you can't drink. You can't do drugs. You can't have guns. You can't have a social media account. I don't think you're allowed to be on campus. Dating was living in campus or hanging out with any, like... I don't know, but there's just, I feel like there's other things yeah. they could have gotten him on if they just would have been like, this guy's threatening you. This is scary. Your mom's scared. People are like, have contacted us multiple times. He has a violent past. Oh, look, he's on parole. He, this is violating, you know, parole. He's on probation, whatever. We need to, we can, you know, I mean. No, I do. I'm just curious on how they could have picked him up. Yeah, I think. I think they could have I'm gotten creative with it. I'm trying to figure out, like, what angle. It. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I do. And I know what you're saying with the whole probable cause, but you know, he's been hanging out on campus, and they have him on security. 
they actually earlier that day had him on security like around campus in a lot of different places since he was looking for her um, before he had found her. So, I mean, I'm sure he's on security footage. I don't know. But that's yeah. a good question. I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, apparently it was enough for the university to say, hey, we did fail her. We could have prevented this. Well, they obviously needed to make changes anyways, because yeah. otherwise they sound like they have a lot going on at that yeah. campus. And yeah. There has to be policies and procedures in place for a reason to keep people as safe as possible. Absolutely. Even there though. so many red flags. So many red flags so with him. But I hate to say it. I feel like any, no matter what or where you are or how, how great the police are, Man, I feel like if you're a woman in trouble like this and you have somebody after you that's stalking you and threatening you and, and all of these things, they're going to get you. I just don't feel like you have a chance. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that. What do you do? Unless you have some police officer living with you and like you know what? escorting this is what I you wherever you Teach yourself. Go. Get yourself self-defense classes. Make sure you. But it's really go. weird how she wanted. He she wanted did. her to get a he gun did. to protect yeah. herself. It's weird. I agree. I agree. But I think that that's not a bad idea. Women need to learn how to shoot, have some protection. You know. I don't know what else to tell you. No. But you have to make sure that your friends and family are aware of what's going on too, because sometimes just telling the police. Like, your friends and family, the people around you need to know what's going on so that maybe they can help you somehow. Agreed. A sad story, but one that I think definitely educates us mm-hmm. and brings a lot of awareness. I agree. I agree. I mean, I hope I hope one day we have more ways to protect people that really need it. But and look forward to learning more about her foundation as well. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, very, it looks very cool. And I know that there's a lot of people on campus, a lot of students on campus that are... Devoted to the cause of keeping the university safe and, uh, you know, speaking up and letting it be known that they're not just going to sit back and let things continue the way that they are. They want to feel safe, too, and they have a right to. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess on that note, rate and review. Let us know what you think. We appreciate you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.